Hello and a warm welcome to the first ORX News podcast of 2024, a podcast from ORX where we cover the top five largest losses of the month, as well as key current operational risk topics from across the globe. In this episode, we'll cover December's top five, as well as the top five largest losses of 2023. We'll also highlight the level one and level two categories of the ORX reference taxonomy, the news team used to tag those events. The links to the content featured in this episode will be added to the show notes. I'm Fernanda Russomano Ashcroft, News Assistant Manager for Editorial, and today I'm joined by News Manager Lily Richardson and News Researcher Joseph Dooley. Over to you, Joseph, for December's Top 5. Thanks, Fern. At number 5 is China CITIC Bank. China's National Administration of Financial Regulation, NAFR, fined CITIC Bank $31.7 million for 56 violations in connection to the risk management and governance of commercial loans and wealth management products. In fourth is US Bank. The OCC and CFPB announced uncoordinated penalties totaling $35.7 million against US Bank for allegedly mishandling a prepaid card program that facilitated the distribution of unemployment benefits during the COVID-19 pandemic. In third is Orbit Bridge, a protocol that supports connectivity between blockchains. Orbit lost $81.7 million in a cyber attack. In second place is Freepoint Commodities. The DOJ and CFTC jointly settled with Freepoint for $98.6 million over bribes paid to Brazilian officials connected to state-owned oil company Petrobras. December's largest loss is awarded to Banque Piquetet. The DOJ announced that Banque Piquetet would pay $123 million after admitting to helping its US-based customers evade tax. Thanks, Joseph. The fifth largest loss of 2023 involved the Polish subsidiary of Banco Comercial Portugues, Bank Millennium. As of March 2023, the bank had provisioned $1.14 billion for mortgage loans indexed to Swiss francs after deduction from assets. Just to give you some background to this event, Polish banks issued mortgages pegged to the Swiss franc between 2005 and 2008. The mortgages carried very low interest rates compared with mortgages in national currency. For example, in Poland in 2008, interest rates on Swiss franc loans from banks were around 4.2%, whilst the corresponding rate for loans denominated in Polish zloty was 8.16%. Borrowers facing higher repayments after the value of the Swiss franc surged in 2008 and in 2015 filed class actions and individual lawsuits against the banks involved. They claimed that clauses in their contracts concerning the calculation of repayments were abusive. Then in October 2019, the European Court of Justice, or ECJ, ruled that Polish consumers with Swiss franc indexed mortgages could ask national courts to annul them. By April 2023, Millennium Bank said it had settled nearly 18,600 Swiss franc mortgage cases since the beginning of 2020. As for the OREX reference taxonomy, we tagged this as Level 1 Conduct and Level 2 Client Mistreatment, Failure to Fulfill Duties to Customers. Conduct accounted for about 35% of events in the first half of 2023, according to the Mid-Year Review. The news team is currently working on the year in review for 2023 and will bring you an update on the top risk types and most impacted business lines and regions when the reports come out in late February. That's a great point about conduct accounting for 35% of events in the first half of 2023. 
So it's no surprise that the fourth largest loss last year also falls into level one conduct. I'll come back to the reference taxonomy a bit later. But first, back in February last year, Toronto Dominion Bank, or TD for short, agreed to pay $1.21 billion to settle investors' claims that it had facilitated a multi-billion dollar Ponzi scheme by ignoring red flags for several years and consequently causing harm to investors. Investors also reached settlements with HSBC for $40 million and Independent Bank for $100 million. It was reported that TD paid the largest sum because of the major role it played in relation to wire transactions. So to the background, Robert Allen Stanford was arrested in 2009 for misappropriating approximately $7.2 billion over a 20-year period. His scheme involved the sale of high-interest certificates of deposit managed by Stanford International Bank to nearly 30,000 investors in 131 countries. However, customer investments were instead used to support Stanford's extravagant lifestyle and to pay promised returns to prior investors. Stanford was found guilty of operating the fraud in March 2012 and later sentenced to 110 years in prison. According to court documents, the bank allegedly had great insight into the flow of investor funds, as well as the destination of funds wired out, which indicated a Ponzi scheme. The news team tagged the story as ORX reference taxonomy level 1, conduct and level 2 improper market practices. This story also highlights alleged red flags, which were reportedly ignored for several years. And this takes me to our recent controls blog, Observations on Controls in Operational Risk 2023. OREX members regularly share that improving their control framework is becoming increasingly important for enhancing their management of operational risk. The significance of having an effective and efficient control framework and the impacts of either poorly designed or insufficiently implemented controls can be seen in many OREX news stories, where control-related failures have either been the direct cause of an operational risk-loss event or have significantly exacerbated the impacts. The blog, published in November last year, provides an update on the current industry position and practice surrounding controls. In third place, we have Wealth Fund One Malaysia Development Berhard, or 1MDB. In February 2023, International Petroleum Investment Company, or IPIC, and its unit, ARBA, agreed to pay $1.8 billion to the Government of Malaysia to settle a dispute over funds embezzled from 1MDB. This settlement invalidated a 2017 agreement from 1MDB to pay $1.2 billion US dollars to IPIC for bonds co-guaranteed by the two funds. This payment dispute ultimately led to the discovery of the fraud. The original agreement was struck under former Prime Minister Najib Razak, who had since been sentenced to prison for his role in the embezzlement scheme. Malaysia argued in a London court that the deal had been fraudulently obtained to conceal Najib's previous misdeeds. This story was tagged under Orex Reference Taxonomy Level 1, Internal Fraud, and Level 2, Internal Fraud Committed Against Customers, Clients or Third Parties. In fact, there are 13 other 1MDB stories on the news website dating back to 2016, so make sure to check those out. 
The second largest loss of 2023 is a complex one involving the world's largest cryptocurrency exchange, Binance. Late in November last year, Binance agreed to pay over $4 billion to US authorities and regulators over a range of violations. The $4 billion penalty concerned violations of the Bank Secrecy Act, Commodity Exchange Act and US sanctions, as well as AML failures and unlicensed activities. According to court documents, Binance prioritized growth and profits over compliance with US law. So, to the background. When Binance launched in 2017, it focused on attracting high-volume customers, especially those based in the US. However, it hid the fact that it was operating as an unregistered financial business. In fact, instead of attempting to comply with US laws, in 2019, Binance announced that it would block all US customers and launch Binance US, a separate US exchange. But FinCEN said that the real aim of Binance US was to attract regulatory attention and shield Binance against all US-based enforcement action. Binance, on the other hand, continued to cultivate its presence by intentionally sabotaging its own inadequate compliance controls. It actually made significant efforts to keep some VIP US customers in its original exchange business, as they were responsible for a large proportion of Binance's trade volume, revenue and liquidity. Binance's CEO and other employees conspired to facilitate the transfer of VIP customer funds to newly created offshore entities, or encouraged these VIPs to provide the company with information suggesting that they were not based in the US, so that they could carry on using Binance's services. Between August 2017 and October 2022, US users conducted transactions representing trillions of dollars and generated over $1.6 billion in profits for Binance. Late in November last year, Binance CEO resigned and he was fined $50 million by the US government. The $50 million fine was credited against another $150 million fine by the CFTC. All authorities stated that certain payments made by Binance would be credited to and against payments to other regulators. The exact amount allocated to each regulator was unclear from available sources. However, all authorities agreed that the combined amount that Binance would pay to satisfy all settlements involved was $4.3 billion. We tagged this story under Orex Reference Taxonomy Level 1, Financial Crime, and Level 2, KYC and Transaction Monitoring Control Failure. And the largest loss of 2023 by some considerable distance is Saigon Joint Stock Commercial Bank, or SCB for short. SCB was defrauded of 12.53 billion US dollars by its majority shareholder, Truong Mai Lan. Lan allegedly embezzled the money via a loan fraud scheme enabled by board members and executives at the bank. The background to this extraordinary fraud scheme is that despite Lan only holding 4% of SCB's shares in her name, ironically to comply with the 5% legal limit, she paid other individuals to hold shares in the bank on her behalf. After SCB was formed in 2012, Lan covertly controlled up to 91.5% of the bank's shares. As a majority shareholder, Lan installed qualified and experienced relatives, friends and associates 
in key leadership positions at the bank, such as on the top board of directors or as executives. These individuals were reportedly paid monthly salaries of up to 275.6 million US dollars to serve land's interests. According to Vietnam's Ministry of Public Security, MPS, SCB was defrauded by fraudulent loans approved by complicit bank management and issued to thousands of fabricated companies or individuals that directed the money to a property development group of which Lan was chairwoman. Most of the loans were issued and retroactively supplemented by falsified loan applications. There was often no collateral involved, nor a repayment schedule or customer background check, and most of the money was for Lan's personal use. The scheme was also allegedly enabled by complicit officials at asset valuation companies who would issue appraisal certificates without completing inspections. These certificates falsely increased the asset value cited in the loan applications. SCB said it was cooperating with the investigations by authorities and had since introduced regular reviews and focused on bettering its workforce to meet regulatory and financial safety obligations. This story was tagged as Orex Reference Taxonomy Level 1, Internal Fraud, and Level 2, Internal Fraud Committed Against the Organization. Thanks, Lily, and thanks to Natasha Smith-Craig for her contribution to this script. For further details about ORX, go to orx.org. New subscribers can access the stories mentioned on the news website. Members can access the ORX Reference Taxonomy for free. It can also be purchased by non-members. The Observations on Controls and Operational Risk blog is also free for members. For more information, head to orx.org. The links to the relevant sources used in this podcast will be added to the show notes. You can find this free podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Simply search for the Orx Operational Risk podcast to find us. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And thank you for listening. I hope you can join us next time. Goodbye for now.